You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 73 of The Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure to follow us Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Owen 60 Podcast. Give us a like, follow, whatever it's called, social media. That's a thing. Tweet Tweeter. Um, yeah, good old Tweeter, as Colin refers to it. And uh, Tweeter was <laughs> lit up on Saturday. Um, we'll get into our rundown, but uh, it was lit up. A lot of maize and blue going on. And uh, yeah, it was a good game. And Michigan, they are playing in the Big Ten Championship because they beat Ohio State, and it was awesome. And Colin is hiding in his hat right now. Um, oh, it was funny. Yeah. Before, the, before the show started, we uh, – we did a mock post-game press conference, Colin pretending to be some guy from Ohio State. Who cares? Because he's a loser this past week. Um, but Jay-Z. essentially, it was it was uh, it was me being a reporter and be like, you know, uh, tough game, tough game. Not playing in a Big Ten championship. It's pretty bad. So not good, depressing, depressing outcome of the game. Um, it wasn't good enough. Not good. It was great. And that, and then what terrible made it even, made terrible it even better is I saw on the Red Wings Twitter or Instagram, oh, both, Mr. Dylan Larkin, uh, Michigan Best alum, could have been an Erie Otter. That would have been sick, um, yeah, especially over that amazing blue. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Alex Nedeljkovic, being the Ohio native, yeah, good guy. He, he wore he wore some blue and gold. Uh, today at practice, losing a friendly bet, it looked like. So, had yeah. the Michigan hat on, had the Dylan Larkin football jersey on. That was sick. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. yeah. So good times. Michigan Wolverines, they are winners uh, this past weekend. They will play in a Big Ten championship game, and Ohio State will not. <sighs> but we will get to the Ontario Hockey League right now. Um, as people probably saw, uh, the featured game was a no-go on Sunday. Uh, a, it was snowing like mad, so no thanks. Um, yeah, I know we could have done it from that. home, but uh, the, the Bell yeah. Media came calling. Uh, Friday, I guess it was, Friday uh, late in the workday, get a call from the old – well, I guess he's not the old engineer, but uh, he's still the engineer at Bell Media in Hamilton – uh, basically saying, hey, you free Sunday? Because Montreal, they need an operator in stadium for the game. I'm like, yep, I'm down. So you get a call from Montreal on the Saturday. Yeah, uh, if you want to do the game, um, we need someone to operate while the guys do the game. So uh, if you're free, that'd be awesome to help us out. I'd be like, yep, I'm down. So I spent my Sunday afternoon at Tim Hortons Field watching the East final bound, Hamilton Tiger Cats beat Montreal. Good times. Not a, not a big deal. Second time in 24 hours that a Montreal football team loses as the Saskatchewan Huskies got the job done on Saturday. Marshall Ferguson yeah, on hey. the call. Great final call, by the way, by him. Um, just like to add that. Um, but yeah, Hamilton Tiger Cats off to face the Argos. So that was awesome. Um, so if anyone's wondering where the featured game was at, uh, TSN came calling and I was filling in. Um, operating on TSN 690. So, yeah, in the Vanier, let's go, let's go, Mustangs, let's go. Oh Mustangs. yeah, because that game was so entertaining. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, London coming up. That's exciting. Vanier Cup, go Stangs. There's no point. Everyone might as well have watched the Michigan game. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm glad I never got to watch that. At least there was a fellow Ohio State fan in the press box and read nothing that was nice i wasn't like there's more ohio state fans in there i mean like i guarantee if you were in there i would have a headache um it would i would be hearing it but i handled it well i handled the game well you did i, I was handled, i was I handled shocked. It off well because when you suck when you suck which they did on saturday which they did they got outplayed they didn't win the line of scrimmage when you lose the line of scrimmage you're not gonna win the games and they lost so they lost i mean i'm a man i'm 40 the guy, old Oklahoma, old Oklahoma State head oh, coach. Man. Oh man, I'm 40. Take it on, no, me. but that—that's the thing. We're realistic. All oh, the wings—they're not—they don't suck, but they're not great. We're realistic. They're not winning the cup this year. 
Blue Jays aren't going to win the World Series. Uh, the Tigers are going to win next year, not this coming year, but the year after. Jays are going to win. Jays are going to win this year, though. Debatable. What are you doing with <laughs> your towel? Man, I got like a head OHL headband ready to go. I'm going to get style. Get up on the L160 website. <laughs> we'll start selling foldable towels. Oh my God. All right. Um, and it was unfortunate we got to miss this featured game because it, it was close. Like, it was nice to see Five, that. four game. Yeah, yeah, five, four game. It was an interesting game for sure because the start, I mean, 4-1 Kingston after one didn't look pretty. And we've had a few of these featured games where it finally looked pretty. And then Mississauga comes back in the second, scores three, and then one for Kingston, obviously, in the third, 5-4 final. Mississauga outshot them 36-27. They outplayed them, so. Mississauga is a good team. I mean, there's nothing to like hold your head down for if you're Mississauga. You just got to get back to it this weekend. And uh, hopefully it's a good effort for them on the weekend because they look good in Mississauga. I like their team. I mean, I like Del Bell Blues. I would say I have to say the name too, but back to another good player. They have a bunch of good, they have a bunch of underrated players in Mississauga that like no one really talks about, but like they're good. Like they're legit. And I'm excited to see what they do. And the fact that Bazarin winded up in the Ontario Hockey League it baffles me. I think we talked about this last week too. Like oh, it's yeah. surprising. It's so surprising that like he made it over through waivers. Like how the heck does that guy make it over here? And uh, Mississauga, Mississauga loves it. That's for sure. Because he's really good. Yeah. Mississauga trying to chase down that central division lead uh, in the Eastern conference. Yeah. Five, four final Kingston beats Mississauga. Uh, special teams really weren't a factor. Uh, one for four were the Kingston Frontenacs. One for three uh, were the Mississauga Steelheads. Faceoffs favored the Frontenacs 36 to 30. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned it. A lot of guys, I mean, James Hardy, you can easily say, oh, well, his name is big. Like, that's a big name. That's easy to pick him, uh, that he would be up there. Like, easy to tell. And of course, me being me. Um, oh, yeah. Thomas Hardy mixing up Harley when I was talking to James Richmond. That's hilarious. But two great players. I mean, James Hardy has really, really been the leader of that team. Obviously, you could put mm-hmm. Del Bell Belouz in there. Um, but, you know, he's kind of led the way right from the start, I would say. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was. Hardy, Hardy's the backbone of that team up front, then the rest follow, but th- there's a good support cast there. They have a really good support cast. I mean, they're a really good team in general team. And uh, yeah. they're good. They're fun to watch. That system, that penalty kill is fun to watch. Eh? Like the game against Niagara a couple of weeks ago, the penalty kill literally owned, owned Niagara's power play, like yeah. owned possession on the power play, which is really cool to see in a game. I mean, obviously, if you're an Ice Dogs fan or coach the Ice Dogs or play or anything to do with the Ice Dogs, you're not happy about that because that's really frustrating when a penalty kill can do that against you. But they're right up there with the top penalty kills in the league. And I mean, they're fun to watch offensively on a penalty kill, which is odd to say. I don't think I've ever said that before, but it's real. It's true. I mean, they're really good. My possession team on the penalty kill, that one, one, two system they play. It's really sharp because a lot of teams don't play the one, one, two. A lot of teams like to dr- play the one high on the four check and then play three back at the blue line. I do like what the St. Louis blues did in the year. They won the Stanley cup, but they just had four back on the blue line, like a trap. That's so sharp. That's so smart to play. Cause like, how do you get the puck over the blue line? Right. Uh, dump and chase that way. It ends that drop off, which I really don't like, but yeah. <laughs> Quick ran about penalty kill power play. gets me going. I saw oh, the opportunity okay. to talk about the power play and penalty kill. I love it. Oh, good, man. Uh, kind of give you a quick rundown here as we kind of already started the first segment, but yeah, who cares? Uh, we're going to go, we're going to continue with games that caught our eye. We're going to look at players who, uh, you know, stood out to us, maybe didn't have the greatest weekend. Some of those players. And of course the players who did have the great weekends, um, you know, into the, That's into the ne- debate. Oh yeah. hundred percent. It will be. <laughs> yeah. Um, into the second segment, of course, another trade. Pretty big one, actually. Um, yeah. Suspensions again, unfortunately. Really actually, actually, one of them's con- a continuation off of last week. So, yeah, um, we didn't. We never had the ruling of it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll touch on that. Of course, we will get to the players of the week, and Colin maybe doesn't agree with the choice, but uh, we'll chat about yeah. that. And then, of course, to round out the show. We will get to next week's featured game, which will happen because the Tiger Cats are not home. So it uh, should be good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can talk about that 5-4 game, Kingston beating Mississauga. 
uh, a game for me, and I think this is one that you probably picked as well. Um, the Windsor Spitfires took a trip into Michigan, faced Saginaw Spirit, lost 6-5 in overtime, and, you know, not to brag, not a big deal. Josh Bloom led the way, two goals, two assists, first star of the game. Um, and this this one was a game that I I didn't catch, but I had to watch the replay of it because I heard – you know, a lot of things happen. Uh, 10-9 were the shots first period uh, in favor of the Spitfires. Saginaw comes back out, shoots the Spits 12-9 in that second. Uh, Saginaw scoring four goals in that second period, by the way. That would give them, ooh, math, a 5-3 lead after 40 minutes of play. And then it'd be the Spits taking control. They got out shot, but they scored twice on seven shots in that third period to tie the game at five. Then, of course, uh, it was the Saginaw Spirit winning it in overtime uh, to get the uh, 6-5 win. And, you know, the power plays for this one, Windsor was four for six on the power yeah. play. Reese, four for six is a really good day on the power play. Just come up a little bit short in the game, 6-5. But, wow, four for six on the power play, that's huge. That's huge for Windsor. They have they have a skilled team. They have a lot of guys that they can put on that power play. I mean, they have Cooley Johnson that I like. A bunch of guys that fit in really well and play together. Obviously, Zito too, show guest, not a big deal. And uh Red Wing Prospect, not a big deal. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just come up short, but that's a really good night on the power play. A lot when you have nights like that on the power play, you're gonna win a lot of games and just Saginaw outscored them. That's all those are. That's a fashion well, old fashioned track meet. Well, that's funny too, because these two teams played uh, exactly 24 hours before the Saturday night contest. Uh, the first one was at the WFCU Center, or the Wafku Center. I keep forgetting yeah, about Wafku. that. The Pasquale Same. Zito, the Wafku Center, um, where the Windsor Spitfires completely owned the game, 30-19, to 19, where the shots on goal for the Spits. They outshot the Spirit 12-5 to 5 in the first, then got outshot 12-4 in the second, and then outshot the Spirit 14-2 to 2 in the third. Yeah. And ended up losing six to five. It was it was weird, you know. The final shots thirty to nineteen. You know, Windsor Spitfires up two one after the first, and Saginaw scores five in the second to lead at six two. And Windsor comes back with three in the third. And clearly, when you give up five in one period, it's going to be tough to win on most nights. But um, you know, the power play they got six opportunities Friday night as well, and they were two for six. And that's one of the reasons that they even gave themselves a chance in this game was yeah. being able to capitalize at least uh, 33% of the time on the power play that night. Yeah. It's nice to get at least two. If you get six opportunities, you get two. That's a nice night. That's a, yeah. that's an okay night. I like that night. But the thing is the, the one thing that really hurt Windsor is she'll guess Josh Bloom shorthanded. Oh, the yeah. shorthanded goals by Josh Bloom this year. I mean, so underrated. He has so much. And I mean, he's playing really good shorthanded. Stagnos penalty kills really aggressive. And I like that they give him the freedom to make plays shorthanded. I mean, a, there's a couple teams around the league. Obviously, you mentioned Mississauga. James Richmond likes to play a little bit aggressive in that penalty kill system. London does with Luke Evangelista. You see Luke Evangelista get a lot of shorthanded opportunities yeah. because of that. And Josh Bloom, who has a very good first step, very good skater. He, he has that separation speed from the defense. So when he's up high as that forward on the penalty kill, he can pick passes. He can get in lanes, block shots, and he's gone. He can pick guys' pockets on the four check coming back or on the back check for that matter. But he – He's just really lethal right now. 15 goals scored this year. What a start for Josh Bloom. And I know we're going to get to it later, but the fact that he's not a player of the week yet baffles me. And I feel like it's coming. I feel like before Christmas, he'll be a player of the week, but he's a very. Before he heads to Team Canada. And I was just about to say that. Reese, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because how is he. Like, he's going to get the invite for Team Canada. Him and Luke Evangelista on that penalty kill, two show guests killing penalties, is going to make wild. us so pumped. Is going to make us so pumped. I going to say, he gets an right invite, there. doesn't he? Oh, for sure. Got for it. sure. Him and, Luke, him and Luke Evangelista will be on that third line killing penalties. That's And it's not even, like, an effect. It's not even, like, a take. Because I believe it's certain. I feel like it's going to happen. I mean, they're good enough to play there. Uh, Josh Bloom's one of the most underrated players in this league coming into the season. I mean, we had him on because we didn't think he was getting enough attention. So it was an easy it was an easy pick, right? We saw the list, and obviously Josh Bloom stuck right out to us. And what a, what a player he is. And it's really not a surprise how good of a year he's having because he's a good player. He's high-skilled, and Buffalo has a good pick with him for sure. Yeah, Saginaw Spirit picking up 
all four points possible. I mean, Windsor Spitfires, they picked up one on the Saturday night overtime loss, but uh, that pivotal division home and home series, maybe not pivotal being this early in the season, but uh, Saginaw Spirit taking care of business, winning that uh, divisional matchup four points to one. Uh, Looking around the rest of the league, Colin, what else stands out to you? Yeah, so the big one to me is Friday night in Guelph. The Guelph Storm now 2-0 against a lot of Knights. Everyone talked about, oh, London's the team. London's the team. But in my opinion right now, the Guelph Storm are the best team in the Western Conference. They have the matchups uh, like Harper, McFarland on that third line, shutdown line. They can shut any top line down in the league. Then obviously Gilles can, can score, really get around the net, Danny Gilles. I didn't think he was going to be that much around the net. I thought he was going to be like a perimeter guy, but when – they have Pasta, Pasta Joff playing so good there. Yeah. I mean, he scores on every shot he takes, it feels like. So it's an automatic. He's going to have to switch his game up a little bit. But Jelkin's been really good, and obviously Pasta Joff is incredible. I mean, the puck just explodes off his stick. We saw in the featured game how fast the puck goes off his stick is wild. And uh, he's an elite goal scorer. And everyone talks about Mason McTavish, which is rightly so for Anaheim. And they got Trevor Zegras. They got a bunch of guys there per row. They have a few. But Pastajov's right in there with them. And don't be surprised next year when he gets not gets his nine games with Anaheim because it's going to happen because he's that good. And he was committed to Notre Dame. He was committed to Notre Dame. His brothers go to his brothers were committed to Michigan. He didn't want to do that route. He wanted to be different than his brothers. And you heard that with Brady Kachuk as well. Matthew mm-hmm. Kachuk going to London. Brady Kachuk's rights home in a lot of nights. And he just didn't want to be known as following his brothers, right? Or his brother, for that matter. But Passageoff didn't want to. He committed an order game, gets drafted by Anaheim. Anaheim said, no, this is going to be a development plan. You're going to go to Guelph, and you're going to and you're going to stick to the script. And he did. And, uh, but right now, looking at it, I think he loves it, and he's fitting in just fine because, wow, is he good. The puck just explodes off his stick. And – the way Guelph matches up against London, obviously the big question is the goaltending, where London has the edge, in my opinion, with Brett Rochew. I think London has oh, yeah. the edge in a lot of goaltending categories yeah. with Brett Rochew. But it's just very impressive to watch Guelph play. Owen Bennett, I think he's getting better. He's been a lot better since the start of the year. He's not giving up those five goals a game like he was at the start of the year. He, the low-scoring games, I mean, he holds a lot of nights to two goals. That's a good That's a good night. That's a good night. And you beat London twice in two weeks. That's a bit. That's big for your confidence. So, the Guelph Storm are my team to watch. That that was the most impressive win in my opinion this weekend. I think Guelph looks really good, um, and they have everything clicking right there. And George Burnett's system so good as well. We've saw it everywhere. George Burnett. Burnett knows how to make the good moves. And I mean, Camp Zabrika, a couple points in the game. Really nice, really nice pass on the one goal, which is a massive play by him, a veteran guy, and he's more offensively in Guelph. I've noticed more offensively there. And uh, he's not a stay at home. He's got more range, more freedom. So that's nice to see as well. And obviously Cam Allen being gone for the Capital City Tournament is kind of tough. But when he comes back, look out. I'm a big fan of Cam Allen. Yeah, they're, they're starting to turn some heads in that Midwest division. And I, I like it. I don't want it to, as, you know, as many nights have we, as we've had on on this show. And I don't mean anything by this, but it – as much as I enjoy seeing teams start to run away with things and show that they're the best, um, it, it's nice to give London some competition in that Midwest division because it really was, you know, Owen Sound, they, they've played London hard. We've seen it. That yes, just the have. wins haven't come, right? The Kitchen Rangers had a very, very bad stretch. Uh, they got a nice win this past weekend at home against Sault Ste. Marie, so that was good for them. Um, you know, Erie, they're at the bottom right now. Uh, but who knows? Again, it's still the end of November, beginning of December, right? So, Going to rock. you know, with the Guelph Storm, it's there. They need there needs to be that team to challenge London. Guelph is, you know, they've got the perfect recipe for success right now. And you know, you mentioned the goaltenders, Oster and Bennett. The the stats are starting to get better. You start to yeah, see those time. records climb, like. Seeing Oster right now, 7-2-0-1. I still don't understand the shootout loss. Just combine it with overtime, but whatever. Um, and that, you know, two nine seven goals against average. You know, save percentage, eight ninety. That's climbing up towards 900. Uh, Owen Bennett, his stats, uh, not as good, but still very good. Uh, it's getting Yeah, it's starting to get better. It's 365 goals against average. Save percentage, 
Yeah, it's a little bit low for a guy who is probably touted to be the number one. Um, but again, continuing to improve. It's at 861 right now. But his record, he's over 500. He's 6-4-1-0 on the season. And both guys have played 11 games. And, yeah. and that, they, like, that's Burnett feeling out. Okay, who? somebody take it. You know, Oster's the easy favorite right now. Exactly. Like, the stats are there. You're playing very well. Take the number one job. But then Owen Bennett's stats are starting. You know, it's, that, it's a perfect situation for success, success right now uh, for the Guelph Storm. Yeah, exactly. And that's just George Burnett saying, hey, we don't have a number one goalie. We have a few months to figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. Everyone's going to get equal amount of opportunity. They're going to get their ops. They're going to get their reps, and let's see what happens. And they're getting there, and then it's going to work out well. I liked it. I really like Oster, in my opinion. But Bennett, Bennett's really improved. Bennett has really improved from the start of the year, and it's nothing wrong with some competition. Reese, we know it. I, I mean, agree. Comp- competition's good. Competition is good. I mean, competition in life is good because you have someone pushing you, and you you're getting pushed to be better. And when you're getting pushed to be better, you tend to get better, either fold or you get better. So George Burnett, he's seeing that and he's done it a lot. And it's going to be exciting to see. He's done it before in his career, George Burnett. So it's fun to see what they're doing there in Guelph. I really like their team. I like their back end. I like their forwards. Obviously they score a ton. Goaltending's getting better. Goaltending is very underrated there. Everyone like you can't really cut them off. I mean, obviously going up against Brett Rochu is tough in that division, but other than that, they're right. They're right there. They're right in the thick of things. Yeah. Uh, one last game I do want to get to and kind of discuss is that Kitchener Rangers five four win against the Sioux Greyhounds uh, on Friday at the Kitchener Odd. They Kitchener needed it badly. They badly needed a win. Um, for anyone that saw it, Sean Fafaro um, just absolutely stood up for this Kitchener Rangers team. Uh, we've seen a lot worse Rangers teams in the past, like a lot worse. This, this is nothing. And again, that's not a knock at the Rangers. It's just, you have seasons that are really bad and we've seen worse teams uh, in Kitchener than this, but you know, to beat a Sioux Greyhounds team that is at the top of the division, who's at the top of the conference to get a huge win and home ice helps, of course, being at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium uh, for the Rangers, the fact that they were able to pull away with a one goal victory uh, against one of the top teams in the league uh, is that is huge and it's easy. Special teams was the biggest factor. I mean, you know, one more opportunity for the Rangers. You can look at it that way as you know maybe a difference maker. But again, same time, Greyhounds were one for four. Um, obviously, you'd like more than one. But uh, the Kitchener Rangers, when they got the power play, uh, they took advantage of it. They were three for five with the extra man, and that's how they won this hockey game. If they if they get one or two less chances, the Sioux Greyhounds walk out of the odd with two points, and that. That just shows that the hard work is still there for the Rangers. They're still moving their feet. They're still creating chances uh, for each other. They're drawing penalties. They're giving themselves an opportunity to succeed. And it, the prime factor against the top team in this league, uh, in the Sioux Greyhounds, you know, they got outshot. It was forty to thirty-nine. So I mean, you know, what can you do? But for the Rangers, they had eighteen right, so shots in period number one. So yeah, I mean, when you get off to a good start, you're gonna you're gonna expect to win the hockey game. Yeah, and I mean, 40-39, they did it without their captain, too. Francesco Pinelli taking yeah. the puck to the wrist. Puck to the wrist. He was scratching that game. That's what it was, puck to the wrist, for any of you guys wondering. And uh, 40-39, the shots, I mean, shootout. You love those games, right? You love to go to those games where they're back and forth, a lot of opportunities in each end of the ice. It's always nice to see. 5-4 win for the Rangers, and it was big. Their thing's goaltending. If their goaltending can get going, Kitchener's going to get going. And obviously, that's like an 18 goaltending. Goaltending wins you championships. I, I mean, you build your you build your team from the back out, right? And that's what does it right there. Kester can get Parsons and Chan going. That's going to be massive. And they both are very, very talented. They both have a lot of potential. So they'll be fine. I think Kitchener, the one thing is with Kitchener is their games played. Right now, they're even, obviously, in the conference. But when you, that's a heavy hill to climb to get from ninth up there. That, that stretch there in that five games a couple of weeks ago, wasn't pretty for them, but a lot of teams dropped. A lot of teams aren't playing good hockey right now that no one's talking about where next week it will be talked about because there's a lot of teams playing bad hockey. And that was expected to happen. We, we talked about that in the preview show. We mentioned that the first month of the season was going to be a very competitive, fast-paced hockey league. I mean, 
haven't played in so long, right? So it was going to be high motored, hot, high octane type of hockey. I mean, those are fun games to watch. And then there's going to be that dry spot until after the trade deadline. And then those teams will start to pick it up. And Kitchener, in my opinion, is that team right now where all of a sudden you get going through the motions, right? And you get some injuries, you get some suspensions, and it's very tough. Losing Arbor Jacki isn't fun. Arbor Jacki is huge for that team. The physical presence he mm-hmm. brings to the Kitchener Rangers is massive. So those type of, those types of losses, and Francesco Pinelli battling a flu bug as well. Those are tough. Those are tough losses to have. Getting those guys back and healthy. Kitchener's going to take off. Kitchener will be fine, I think. But it'll be interesting to see what they do down the stretch. That's for sure. Going into the trade deadline, because right now sitting in ninth place with nineteen with eighteen points, a point behind Windsor has nineteen in eighth place. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, when I look at it for the Kitchener Rangers, this situation two years ago, we just passed the date, November 25th, uh, is when they announced the firing of Jay McKee. They just passed that point this season, and we all saw what they did post-Jay McKee and as uh, McKenzie took over the head coaching duties. So um, that if you want to measure it that way, that's where the Kitchener Rangers are right now. They were at a low with McKee, made a change, and McKenzie just made them the best team, one of the best teams in the OHL from the stretch from when he took over to when uh, the season ended during COVID. So if you're the Rangers, no, no need to panic. McKenzie's not going anywhere. Um, you know, he's, he's dealt with this before. He was – in this situation, except he was new. So um, if you want to look, look at it from that standpoint, we just passed that two-year anniversary of Jay McKee uh, being let go as Kitchener Rangers head coach. And he'll change, he'll change some stuff up too. I'm sure Kitchener's trying some stuff in their system, trying some new things. Every team does it right early on in the year. You might as well try things because a few wrinkles in yeah, there. Exactly. And uh, they're trying some stuff. A lot of teams are trying things. I mean, you can clearly see it too when you watch the team play. But they'll be fine, like you said. I mean, his win, his win, his winning percentage – Kenzie's winning percentage is insane since taking yeah. over. It's wild. One of the top in the league. So, yeah, they're fine, like you said. Yeah. By the way, I do want to give a shout-out to the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, where is it here? There it is. January 14th. It's a 7.30 start at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. They're hosting the Erie Otters, for anyone wondering. Um, the Kitchener – and I'll, I'll read it right from their uh, – right from their article, kitchenerrangers.com, if you want to read it for yourself. Um, It starts out, Kitchener Rangers are happy to announce that we will be offering the opportunity for frontline workers to receive two complimentary tickets to attend Frontline Heroes Appreciation Night with the Kitchener Rangers, as I mentioned, uh, on January 14th. The ticket package will also include two 12-month Rangers calendars. That's awesome. Two collector t-shirts and a $10 voucher to Rangers Authentics. That is awesome. Yeah, really nice. I like that. I mean, we've all, we mentioned this a lot. The Kitchener Rangers are a first-class organization. They do everything the right way. And there's no surprise that they're doing this the right way because that's mass. And I hope a lot of teams follow that because we've been big supporters of the frontline workers that have helped us out through this through the very bad times of the pandemic. And I mean, mm-hmm. very tough. I mean, I'm very, I'm very thankful that we have them and it's very nice that uh, the kitchen Rangers are doing that because I hope more teams follow suit because that's really nice of them to do. And it's a first class move. I'm not really surprised by it either. Yeah. And if any frontline workers out there are listening, um, it's not just, Oh, we'd love those. You can't just reach out. Um, there is a lottery that's taking place. So, Kind of go through how it works. Uh, there's, Of course, there's a select group of tickets that will be available through a lottery uh, that will be drawn on Thursday, January 6th. Um, the application deadline is Monday, January 3rd. Um, lottery ticket winners will be notified um, by 4 p.m. on January 7th. Uh, you'll get an email about it. Uh, of course, must be fully vaccinated to attend the Rangers games. And of course, on this article itself is where you apply. So you put in your name, email, your address, your title, and uh, upload a photo of yourself. I guess that's to confirm that you're real. Makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that application form is up right now. Uh, KitchenRangers.com. I just scrolled across that. Um, actually, I saw it through Twitter, but I saw it again here on their website. So uh, any frontline workers out there that uh, would like to attend a Kitchener Rangers game against the Erie Otters, 
go to kitchenrangers.com and apply for that because that's really cool what they're doing. So, oh, massive. Um, just wanted to shout that out for anyone listening. But it is time to take a break. No, when we come back, holy crap, we're at the half hour mark. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't even notice. I wasn't yeah. even looking at the clock. I had my notes yeah, up and was- everything. Like the clock's still going. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, well. Uh, but anyways, when we come back, uh, more things to go through. Of course, no featured game, so a lot more stuff to talk about, which is nice. Uh, there was a trade between the Knights and Frontenacs. We'll get to that. Um, more suspensions. Yay. Yeah. Um, players of the week. or Yeah, you could say players because they give nominees. Uh, goaltenders of the week. Who won? Who was a nominee? Uh, we'll chat about that. And of course, a featured game coming up next week. Uh, we will chat about all of that next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. Uh, the link tree is up there. By the way, Colin, you said you didn't have a stat of the week. Um, I think you do with, uh, with our link tree. Oh, yeah. The 8,000. How uh, could you forget? Oh, I led you up and everything. Oh, yeah. You put me, oh, come on. You, put me, you know what I did? You know what I did? I did that first cut in batting practice or when you get on the ice or warm-ups and the pucks are right there on the ice and you just whiff on it, you fan on it. It's like, oh, this game's And then you fall down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you do the Ryan O'Rourke at Budweiser Gardens in the corner. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you do the, it's not fun when you mess up. But, yeah, 8,000 views on our link tree. I think that's been a year. No, it hasn't been a year yet because we didn't start doing link tree until, like, April before the – lottery yeah so yeah it hasn't been a year so eight thousand views we just hit the eight thousand view marks that's pretty cool that's yeah, pretty cool and, uh, cool accomplishment and i didn't even realize this uh as i was looking up what day jay mckee got fired because you know that's a regular occurrence for people um we're coming up on two years of the show <laughs> yeah I'm like was that oh yeah early december in 2019 Next week. Next week could be two years. Next week could be two years. I'd have to look two, at the specific two. I'll look it up right now. And we That's have embarrassing. Some, uh, Should we know that? Poll question Twitter at the Own Twitter 60 poll. podcast. Should, we know Should the Colin and Reese know the date of their first show? Probably, but I just remember botching Sprawly. I can tell the first segment. Oh, 1,000%. The first, the first uh, featured game segment. I think that was it. To the third segment of the show. It's always been the third segment of the show. I just botched Sprawly. I think I said like I can't even say how I said it. That's how bad it was. That's terrible. I think it was I'm like, like Sparaglia or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sparaglia. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. But Sprawlia, something like that. So. And now I say Sprawly all the time just to say it. So just so you make yeah. sure you don't get over the hump, hump, you know, get over the hump. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure I know it. But yeah. What a what a fun two years it's been. And we have some news coming out shortly. Which is going to be fun. So I want this telling you the date. That's stupid. And it's only getting bigger the show, so that's exciting because yeah. there's going to be some fun news coming out probably pretty soon. Obviously, we don't really know for sure when, but it will happen, and it's going to be exciting news. So stay tuned to our Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on social media because it's going to be fun. And sure, a lot of people might appreciate it. So it's going to be cool. And I can't wait. I'm really excited for it. That's for sure. I want to. I kind of want to say it, but we can't because, like, superstition. Yeah, pretty bad well, teacher there. Well, and but also, also too. Um, last time I was told there's a meeting, I lost a job. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> not. That's not what happened. That's not what's happening. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I told that, total. I think it's the total opposite. I was told there was a conference call. So, yeah, this is opposite. This is opposite. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. opposite. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> This is an exciting meeting. Yeah, this is an exciting meeting. This isn't a meeting where I'm not going to be sleeping all night. I'm going to be texting you about it at like one in the morning, waking up. You're, ma- you're making, like, you're having me uh, leave l- or take a lunch early. Yeah, I literally leave it. So, yeah, extended lunch break. Yeah. I'll call the boss. I'll call your boss. Like, yeah, Reese is uh, leaving early. Uh, 
Man, I really don't even have a boss. Our parts manager got fired, which was awesome. Um, but, uh, like, we don't really have a manager in the parts department right now. Um, so, yeah, if anyone needs Ford parts in the uh, Brant, Haldeman, Norfolk area, hit up Brant County Ford. I'll sell you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Not cars, like parts, even though it's like impossible to get everything. But um, yeah. But, uh, yeah by the way i got the date we're still a couple weeks away man um december 17th was our first episode released we released on the 17th and then the 24th and then Sweet. took a break and released again on the 7th after yeah, christmas, Akil christmas thomas break. won it 14 canada yeah, yeah that, that was, was awesome great. Yeah, that was a good start. I still remember. I still remember the first day we started. Oh, so do cool. I. I oh, yeah. I remember that. So I, I remember in the I good old story. funny eight twenty studios. Yeah, it was fun going to the studios because like we'd rip it up in the in the TSN studio with like the sticks to play basketball. Oh yeah, I have the I have the best fadeaway jumper on a mini basketball hoop in the world. <laughs> I will challenge anyone to a fadeaway <laughs> contest from the three point line too. I'm not. I'm I'm a I play big. Whoa, whoa, okay. Are, are we like switching Giannis. to the big nets now? Like from the three point line? Or are we still talking like are we creating from the, a from, the a... from the computer from the audio board or from behind the audio board? Yeah, yeah. From the corner there. What do you mean? There's no basketball net in there. It's 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 hard hitting uh popular BNM Bloomberg radio. How could you not want to listen to business radio? How dare you? <laughs> I was gonna do but yeah yeah, yeah true. <laughs> nobody does very, very, good po- very, good po- very good point our start of the day is going a little long but no, eight thousand eight thousand oh by the way reese dumaney hit an incredible shot from the from the desk before too from the audio board you hit some good ones too you hit as i'm leaning too. back in my chair just casually yeah just, yeah. yeah good times i remember that because we had the, the hamilton first, tiger first, cats monkey hanging from the light like <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the that was awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it's been, yeah, it was fun. Tim Horton's runs. Yeah. As we Tim reminisce Horton's about run. the past. But yeah, getting old, Reese. You're getting old. But we're getting yeah, old. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, it was fun. And our uh style of the day went a little long, but eight thousand views on Linktree, eight thousand clicks. Our yeah. website, thanks to Joel Vanderlyn for his incredible articles. And uh it's only getting bigger. It's only going to get bigger. Yeah. So it's exciting. And uh, thanks to all who have listened. I appreciate it. Reese appreciates it. And uh, stay tuned because there's a lot of fun stuff coming us for sure. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Fun next couple With months. Yeah, emojis. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be the ones on Twitter to drop. Ooh, we might have news today. With the eyes, and then oh yeah, we do have news today. With the eyes, sources. So it'll be the announcement. I'm gonna speculate. Sources gonna speculate. can confirm. <laughs> sources can confirm. Just a video. Just a video. Oh my with the god. Sweet we'll be insiders for the day. Yeah. Sources confirming. Sources. Source Even though confirmed. we're the sources. Yeah. Yeah. My. Yeah. Well, we have to get. Uh, we have to get Dan Patrick's Big Ten source in on it. So. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Oh, yes, we do. But onto the trade this week. The yeah, big trade. yeah, pretty good trade. Uh, London Knights Kingston Frontenacs uh, hooking up for a nice deal. Heading up to Kingston uh, is Ben Roger joining an already very good Kingston team. Uh, going back to London, very good return. Uh, third round pick, which is Kitchener's in the 2022 OHL priority selection. A Got it from second- the Olympics trade book. Yeah, well, we just got the stat. trade book. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, that's so many. It's at 10 pages right now. Nice. The trade book's at 10 pages right now. Right on. Might have to, might have to get it published. Yeah. So, have our own book. Yeah. Um, pick number two is a second rounder in the 2024 OHL priority selection. That pick is Windsor's. And then the Knights are also getting a conditional third round selection. In the 2025 OHL priority yeah. selection, and I believe that's similar to what happened in Sarnia. If he returns, yeah, they get the third. 
I believe that's what it is. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But I believe if he returns next season, Ben Roger plays for Kingston next year. It's a pick, which he probably will play for Kingston next year. And I would imagine that would be the pick because you wouldn't think it would be playoff games and stuff. You would think it would be if he comes back the following year, which I would imagine he would. I don't think he makes Belleville next year. Well, I mean, if they do that, if they have the playoff things, I'm pretty – the playoff games – I'm pretty sure the Frontenacs are going to make it out of the first round, barring an injury to Shane Wright. Yeah. Um, Even that, Wisdom's coming back. Yeah, that's clutch. Yeah, Ludwinski almost scored the goal of the year on Saturday. The game was in Hamilton. He almost scored the game of the year, or the goal of the year. Like, it was impressive. And, yeah, he's good. So, like, they'd be fine even, but hopefully it doesn't happen, obviously. Yeah. Now, with this trade with – Two very good picks for sure, and we'll see what uh, happens with the conditional third rounder. But uh, uh, Wardy, you got a theory on this one? Um, what what's London trying to do here? And Massive may theory. I remind right everyone away. that a third overall pick just returned to the league and scored a hat trick in his first game. Thank you for bringing that up. That's <laughs> nice to bring that up because I think we have a tie out of this. Good segue. But yeah, I honestly. And right away Thursday when I saw this trade, like literally two minutes after it was out public, I literally said, you know what this move is? It's the Knights turning in their young players, a.k.a. Denver Barkey, Brody Brody Crane. Wow, good one, Colin. He was a show guest, too. I was getting excited. I'm getting excited about the theory. (laughs) I'm getting excited about this theory because I was pumped about this. So Landon Sim. Colton Smith, they have a bunch of good young players there. A lot of them, Isaiah George, they have a bunch of good young players that they, that they can't move. The London Knights can't move those guys for Mason McTavish, Brandon Hoffman, Francesco Pinelli. But they already have a lot of picks going into the 0 60 trade book that I can see right now on my tablet in front of me. They have a lot of picks available, the London Knights to trade. So you get the two extra picks that go into that. And it's hey, and they turn. aren't their own picks. They are Kitchener's and Windsor's. Exactly. So you take Denver Barkey, you turn him into Ben Roger. And I'm just using Denver Barkey as an example because he's a really good young player. Obviously, they have a bunch, but that one for example. So you take those young players and you put Name them into Ben chain. Roger. Not a big deal. So you put them into Ben Roger. Ben Roger, a veteran defenseman. You look at London's defense core. Creel Stackoff probably coming back. I would imagine he's coming back. London clearly thinks he's coming back. I believe they had a meeting last Wednesday or Thursday with Kirill Stekloff's agent. I think he's coming back. So he's coming to London. Logan Mayu, possibly at the beginning of the new year, coming back too. So there's two big defense. Then you look at London's defense score. Okay, you got Bryce Montgomery, show guess, not a big deal. You have Isaiah, you have Isaiah George. Who, by Jerry the way, King. enjoyed the Canadian Country Music Awards <laughs> in London so at Budweiser Gardens. So did Luke Evangelista. How do we not mention that? The style on those guys. I love yeah, the but country. country. The country? Yeah. Hey, country hey, music hey, sucks. Hey, 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 when you're Horrible. from yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what the look at the style. But, yeah, Bryce Montgomery, Jer- Jared Keene, Isaiah George. You have a bunch of good defense there that are – going to be there for a long time. Obviously, I didn't name them all, but they have a lot of good defense there in London. They had room to make that move on their roster. You watch a lot of Knights play, Reese, and it's like they can't trade a Sean McGurna forward like that to get those picks. The only guy they really had an option was, was Ben Roger for those picks. So they turned their young guys, because obviously the first place team they're going to buy. So you're going to turn those young players into Ben Roger, Ben Roger into picks, a.k.a. young players, as I do the quotes, into, into a Mason McTavish where you can afford to trade five to six picks for a Mason McTavish or a Brennan Offman or a Francesco Pinelli, possibly, if Kitchener doesn't rise. But you have that ability to possibly move up and get a big-name player. You can go big-name hunting with those extra picks without giving up an elite young player. Obviously, London Knights, I believe, will have to give up a young prospect which they have that, but I don't think they want to give up that young prospect from their current roster. So you might see a guy, you might see a guy in junior B right now or in major midget that they own their rights to get shipped. But I really don't believe you're going to see an elite prospect on their roster get dealt for a good player. Now that they have those picks. So that's a theory I have. I just believe they turned in a young player. They turned one of their young key players for next year. Cause I believe next year is an elite year for them. Yeah. I was going to say, if they don't end up winning this year, 
<laughs> next year's probably a good better. shot to do it next year. Like next year, they're probably a better team, to be honest. All yeah. Around. Oh yeah. And like I say, when you look at their defense core, you got Bryce Montgomery, Jared Keen, Isaiah George. After after the in the new year, you have Logan Mayu, probably the best defenseman in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, he's he's the best junior B player, best 16 year old out of the OHL I've ever saw in my life. I saw him score on a five on three once as a defenseman shorthanded. That I've never saw that before. I mean, very very rare. He's got that Bobby Orr instinct where he gets the puck and go coast to coast like untouched. Very good, and they have that Kirill Stackoff coming back. That those are five guys right there that I named that are elite. And then Ethan McKinnon who's playing very well this year, and Connor Federico as well. So they have a log jam there at the defensive court, all above average players. So that's why you take the hit right now. You got a month to go to the deadline. You get those two guys back, and then you turn the young players into Ben Roger. Ben Roger gets turned into picks. Those picks, aka young players, get shipped off for a good player. That's my theory on it, and I'm very happy I got to explain it. Sorry for the ramble, but no, you're good. Damn, that's fine. I mean, I have a 20 player trade board made up, ready to go. You got it ready to show. go. I got it good. Yeah, like possible destinations as well. Obviously, not going to release that because we don't make rumors about players. And uh, we wait for teams yeah. to announce it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Do you want to get so we don't announce days? something two days before it happens, um, and it not happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one, one so, so I think we can turn turn it to Kingston now and kind of see their view on this trade. And it, it's clear everybody around the league has said it. Shane Rice not going to be a Kingston front net front net next year. There's no way unless whichever team he goes to, you know, feels that, you know what, where we're at right now, as much as we'd love to have our first overall pick on our team, um, we don't want him around a losing culture. We're going to send him back to Kingston where he's going to have a chance to win again. Again, that's what we'll see how it goes, but um, there's a good chance Shane Wright's in the NHL next year. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's all about- it's all about buying, and we've talked about it. The Eastern Conference is up for grabs. Like, who's going to take it here? Somebody kind of, you know, step away, take the lead in the East. But exactly, we're switching back and forth between teams. But uh, for for Kingston to get a defenseman like Ben Roger, like, where does this put them now? Like, obviously, I, I, you can't put them. Oh, they're first right away now with this, but you know, pretty close probably. I hope Ben Rogers okay because he left and did not return on Saturday against Hamilton. Yeah. He didn't play Sunday with an upper body injury. I'm assuming it's upper body injury because he got hit high and it wasn't a dirty hit. It was shoulder Safe to assumption. shoulder. It was shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. It was shoulder to shoulder, but just he got up and then he kind of stumbled and kind of like probably honestly probably blacked out. And then when he got up, then he kind of collected his thoughts, got to the bench and just didn't return. Yeah. So he probably got caught off by the spotter for sure. And did not return. So it's an upper body injury. I hope he's okay, but I did notice when he was in there, he was playing a lot more offensively than what he played in London. I know in London, he was more stay at home. I got my man, man to man defense, Dale Hunter system, right? We're going to stay right. on. I'm not going to lose my man. Going to be structurally sound. Where in Kingston, he was more up in the play in London, in London. He, some nights, the, the last, second last week he was in London, he was their fifth defenseman on that third pairing. Obviously, the number doesn't really matter. Fifth defenseman doesn't really matter. You're just spreading out the defensive groups, I think, just to make it more deep. You see Dale Hunter do that a lot in London. So yeah. I believe that's all it was, but it's just interesting to see how more offensively I've never I didn't think he was that offensively in London. But then now that he goes to Kingston, that opportunity is absolutely more running gun in Kingston. The system's a lot different. I didn't think it was, but it's a lot different. So He's being more offensive. He used to carry the puck a lot more. And someone in Kingston's defensive core had to do it. Braden Hashays improved a lot, I, I must add, though. He looked really good on Saturday. So the opportunities there, and it really allows Kingston to get that big veteran defenseman that they need. Because when you look at Kingston's defensive core, even when obviously they've struggled to win playoff rounds, but they've always had that big defensive core. They've always had that guy, you know, the the Parkettes. They've mm-hmm. always had those guys. And Ben Rogers is just that guy that can – help you in a playoff series, play big boy hockey, which you're going to have to do. Because I must add, Hamilton went right after Shane Wright and after their big guys on Kingston. They did not let up. And it was a rough and tumble game. And I really liked the way Hamilton played. And I think Hamilton's legit. Obviously, I've been saying it all year. I have them in the East, in the OHL final. But Kingston's Rogers ad is a very good move. 
for their defensive core. It allows you to get that veteran. He's won before. He's been on winning teams. He knows what it takes. He's a professional player. He's going to play in the NHL one day. Really good pickup. You pick up an NHL defense, a future NHL defenseman for sure. Yeah, that's well said. Um, Kingston won't be done. We know there is more to come. No, there's more likely to come um, with the London Knights as well. But, uh, yeah, no, this is this is a nice trade that works out for both sides. Obviously, like you said, there's a good chance London doesn't keep these picks and they decide to move them for something big. I would think not, yeah. Yeah, again, again there's we hate floating names around. M- Mason McTavish has to be in the conversation. You can't not talk about him. I mean, Brennan Othman, he's the reigning well, player. Fifth place, now. Yeah. Like it's it, it's t- obviously Othman. If we would see him in Kingston, that would be unreal. Um, get that opportunity with Shane Wright. Although, who knows with Sade Wisdom coming back, um, maybe fills that spot. I mean, Chromiak Wisdom, yeah, Lewinsky, Soto, they got a few, yeah. But I mean, it, it's early, we got time, we're not even in December yet. Unless you're listening to this on December 1st, then we are in December. Um, but my mustache is gone. Stylish. Yeah. Bye-bye. See ya. Just like Ohio state's big 10 championship. Low blow, low blow, low. Bye-bye. Nice tip of the cap. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. We'll round out the second segment with, uh, not some, with not so good news. Um, but uh, a few more suspensions. One that is just to carry over. We finally have a result. Uh, Dylan Robinson gets eight games um, for that very stupid play. Um, he, he will be eligible to return December 8th at home against Peterborough. And it was, I watched that play again. Yeah. Why? There was it's unnecessary. That was so stupid. That's one of those unnecessary plays in the league in hockey in general you don't need those yeah. plays and just and i'm glad that they're really cracking down on those i mean it's changed a lot our game reese like it's changed a lot and that's one of those that don't need to be in any time frame those yeah. don't need to be in the don't need to be in the game yeah, yeah i agree i agree with the right I yeah so do i sentence for sure so do i for sure uh what else we got we got saginaw's dean lucas he gets two games uh, for a slash against Windsor on Friday night. He'll be el- eligible to return uh, December 4th when they host the Guelph Storm. Big game. Big game at home in Saturday. That will be. Big return. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Storm, Ben McFarland, yeah. two games for a slew foot uh, against uh, Erie this past Saturday. Uh, he'll be back December 4th in Saginaw. So Big one. Big return. Um, McFarland's big. McFarland's big. He's on the shutdown line. Yeah. Very big. Uh, one other one. North Bay's Josh Curry, two games for a slew foot. Again with the slew foots. Oh my God. Big time. Uh, been, that, I think those can, are up. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's even a questionable one that we'll chat about in a second because you've got another situation that you want to chat about as well. Um, yes. Curry gets two games for the slew foot from Saturday's game against Ottawa. He will be back December 9th at home against Sault Ste. Marie. Those are, um, tough, eh? Those are tough. Those are tough for Curry. When you look at the schedule, okay, let's just play a three. Let's play a three and three. Yeah. I can play Sunday. No, you got to wait next year week. Those are unfortunate. Those are unfortunate, but oh, well, you, you do the crime. You got to play. You got to, you got to do the time, right? Yeah. I'm um, excited for this well, next one. Well, we also saw, we almost, and I, ice dog fans, uh, they got a little nervous Thursday um, because of yes. a, it wasn't it was a slew foot. It, w- it was close. Very close. Was that, Gushin, was that Brad Marshot grabbed yeah. it from the back, though, that did it for me? Yeah, Daniil Gushin uh, almost got himself in trouble. He's already been suspended once this season. Um, almost got caught game. with a slew foot against, uh, against Hamilton this past yeah. Thursday. And, uh, yeah, he just walked away with a penalty. Uh, which so was nice, a, but and it, it was a stupid penalty, by the way, because they it were going to the power play, and he did that, and it was no point. Yeah, it, so. I at least thought it would be interference, but no, they gave him the unsportsmanlike after the whistle, after the fact. Yeah, the right. So that was one of those times, Reese, where I think they okay, we're going to give you the first one. You're going to the power play. You're down in the game. We're going to give you the call, right? If you're the official, we're going to give you the call. Yeah. But then you go do that. Okay, you're going to. Yeah. So that was unfortunate, but. If he 
the thing that did it for me was the grab on the back, which I really yeah. don't like when players do. I really don't like when players, when they grab the backs, like clutch and grab, clutch and go. I don't like that when they're in the corners and they kind of pull your back back and you let, and you they throw your legs right underneath of theirs. Which isn't which isn't a smart play. It's a really dirty play. Yeah. So that's what I thought would have got it because obviously he didn't go through the motion. It's like he had a last minute thought about it. But then when he kind of grab grab like jerked the back back of the opponent, that wasn't that to me would have did it. But especially being a repeat offender when you look at that. But I'm surprised it wasn't a four. I really was surprised it wasn't a four. They didn't call both. But oh well, didn't yeah. happen. That wasn't the case. Uh, one more situation, uh, Colin, yeah. you something over the weekend. Yeah. So Sunday night in Oshawa, Hamilton, Oshawa. So there was a play. Never mutter was getting a penalty with 57 seconds to go in the first period. Lawson shirk flicked the puck, meant to flick the puck off the glass and kind of toss it up to the ref or the linesman. Now they usually do right after the whistle. Okay. We'll give you the puck, right? Skate to the bench. Yeah. He accidentally, and this is clearly an accident. When you watch the clip, it's clearly an accident. He accidentally flicked the puck over the glass and got a 10-minute in a, a game in a 10. So that was an, that was unfortunate for him. I don't I don't think there will be anything out of it. We won't know till probably probably know today or maybe tomorrow because they play Thursday, Hamilton. So you'll probably find out Wednesday if it's suspended tomorrow. But I don't think he does because it's not – it wasn't a dirty play. It was clearly accidental. You could see it. Nobody was hurt in the stands. I mean, it was an accident. If you flick the puck, we've yeah. all done it. it you flick the puck and it goes over the glass. I mean, I'm perfect at taking delay of games in Shetty. Oh my, I can set, I can sail one easy. And I get a play sticks in the background. Come sail away. <laughs> Come sail away. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like it's just, I I think it's an accident. When you watch the clip. He's about five feet in front of the boards and flex it up. It was not intentional. Nobody was hurt. Unfortunately, he got the 10 minute misconduct, but I don't think he gets suspended. I don't think he should. I agree. Um, so that's kind of our trade slash suspension segment. It seems like our yeah, that's like segment. four straight weeks we've had suspensions. Um, couple more things to mention before we get to the break. Won't have too big of a discussion on this. Um, Silver Stick Tourney comes to an end, Junior Canadians. Uh, take home the championship. Yeah. Win that one. And the OHL Cup is back March 30th. It returns. And the top 10 rankings are dropping. Well, they will have dropped by the time this episode uh, is released uh, on OHL.com. But yeah, the uh, OHL Cup, that's always fun. Big time. Well, I mean, Christmas time, you start to see the draft rankings come out. It's exciting times. So you see the team rankings, you see the draft rankings, and it's exciting times. And it's fun. The OHL Cup's a great day. I mean, you can see all the best players. You can see future NHL talents all there. Yeah. In a span of eight hours at an arena, it's the best. Yeah. Um, one more because I for- totally forgot about it. Um, player of the week. Or do you want to start the next segment with that? Oh, we can do it now. We can do it now. Let's do this quickly before we get to next week's featured game. Yeah. Uh, player of the week, Firebirds, Brennan Othman. Um, yeah, he did have himself a week, seven points, a goal, six assists across three games for the Flint Firebirds. Um, Colin thinks someone else should have gotten it, but uh, uh, congrats yeah. to Brennan Othman, who may or may not be a Firebird when the season's over. We'll see. Um, also considered for this award this week, Hamilton Bulldogs forward, uh, Logan Morrison, seven points as well. One goal, uh, six assists. As the Spirit picked up five of a possible six points uh, this weekend. And, of course, well, there's two more, I should say. There's usually only two uh, candidates, but there are three this week. Uh, show guest, not a big deal. Uh, Luke Evangelista of the London Knights. Five goals deal. and an assist over three games. And, of course, Josh Bloom, six points, three goals, three assists. Uh, two of those goals, shorthanded. So, and the game winner, no show guess there too. Not a big deal. Yeah, Josh, Josh Bloom, in my opinion, needs to win a Player of the Week. And the fact that Luke Evangelista doesn't have a Player of the Week on here baffles me. And uh, because like, we thought he was going to get it last week, yeah, because he's so good. He's basically Liam Foodie just 
not as fast as Liam Foodie, but he's a really good skater. He might be the same the same type of skater as Liam Foodie. Very smooth with the puck. I don't think I've so he skates like Ryan Merkley. I don't know how Ryan Merkley how smooth he is. Yes. Like how he how he do things like don't do that, don't do that. It's gonna mess up. And all of a sudden he does it and it works out. Like Luke Evangelista can do those things where it's like, okay, don't do that, don't do that. And all of a sudden he does it and it works out. It's like, okay, Colin, you're a fool. But yeah, <laughs> like it's incredible that he doesn't have a player of the week yet because Luke Evangelista is going to win one this year, it's just a matter of time. And I thought it would be before World GNH because he's been really good. And Josh Bloom, two shorthanded goals in a week and a game winner. Shorthanded goals are hard to score. He's had two this week and a game winner. That, to me, is player of the week. I thought he was doing player of the week this year, and he was first star of the night two games, I believe, two nights, I believe, this week. So why not? Why not? It's just a matter of time for one of those guys to win player of the week. And I can't wait. I'm on the hype train. Josh Bloom, player of the week. I said it last week that I thought he was going to win it. I said it this week for sure, and he didn't. That was heartbroken. So I'm hoping this week. I'm hoping this is the week Josh Bloom gets it because he deserves it. He's the most underrated player right now in the Ontario Hockey League, in my opinion. To the goaltender of the week, Ty Austin, the Peterborough Peets. Uh, he won a couple of games, posted a 2.5. Uh, goes against average, save percentage of 9.23. Recently coming off of injury, he stopped 60 of 65 shots uh, that came his way uh, this past weekend. So he wins OHL Goaltender of the Month. Uh, also considered for the award, uh, Ben Goudreau, Sarnia Sting, uh, one and a, or one and one with a 2.03 goals against average, safe percentage of 937. And of course, show guest Brett Brochu. Made a hundred and thirteen save <laughs> over three yes. outings. Two point nine five goals against average, save percentage of nine twenty six. As the Knights went two and one. Yes, that's incredible. A hundred and thirteen save. Yeah, that's why. Like Friday night, he got peppered. Friday I mean, what does that say about the defense, though? Like, but it, Friday night, Friday night, he literally made a save with his blocker, like the hand of his blocker. Out. Like, that like, was those yeah, who play was... goalie for those who play goalie a blocker underneath the blocker where your hand is like the glove part of the blocker is literally your hand there's not much might as well be there. a winter glove while you're out shoveling exactly he basically stopped that with his bare hand and he felt it he felt it a little bit like he could tell he was hurting but wow he is good yeah. like to make that many saves but and i know their results weren't good this week but another name i want to add Shenard, no one's sound. I think shenard has been very good this year. And I, I know they made the goose to trade Owen Sound where they had to make that move because they had Shenard playing so well. But mm-hmm. he's going to win goalie of the week one of these times this week. Obviously not right away, but he's been really good. And don't be surprised if he wins it soon enough because he's been really good. All right, that wraps up segment number two, we promise. Uh, when we come back, we will get to this week's featured game, kind of preview it for you. Uh, before we finish the show. You're listening to the Owen 60 Podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 Pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. Featured game time. No, we will, be not, we will not be making this trip. Um, because the game is in Peterborough. Thursday, December 2nd, the Kingston Frontenacs visit the PMC to take on the Peterborough Peets. Fifth meeting of the season between the two clubs. Kingston has won the first four. One uh, in extra time. So, you know, Peterborough looking to rebound. They are hot right now. They will be going into this one, uh, you know, wins in their last three games. So obviously yeah, you look at that. I mean, the record eight, ten, and one. But like I said, uh, on a three-game win streak as we speak, and they're five and three on home ice. Uh, so that's you know, if you can't win at home, then you're going to struggle. But so uh, the Pete's yeah. they've won at home so far, so it's good for them. Uh, Kingston Frontenacs two-game win streak for them uh, away from their home rink. They are five, one, and one. Yeah, and my thing to watch in this game, and usually it's special teams, but my thing to watch is a couple of future first-liners for uh, Team Canada this year, the World Juniors, Mason McTavish versus Shane Wright. I think that match is so good. I mean, that's unreal. 
if you're in the Peterborough area and you can make that game, it, go. That's like the best value. That's literally the best value to go see them play now because legit. I mean, you're gonna have to spend a couple hundred to watch them play yes. next year. That's how good they are, and to see them play for like twenty five bucks a piece right now, that's a nice value. So get out there, watch them play because what a matchup that is. I'm excited to see it. What a game it's going to be. I think Peterbilt's going to be really good. I mean, Tucker Robertson, J.R. Avon, those guys can put the puck in the back of the net as well. But obviously, Mason McTavish for Shane Wright. That's an incredible matchup. Yeah, that's what you're going to go see. So, uh, yeah, make sure you stay tuned. At the Own 60 Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Kingston Frontenacs and Peterborough Peets will do battle at the Peterborough Memorial Center, December 2nd, 7.05 start. Uh, we'll have all the updates for you throughout the game. And that does it for us. 73rd episode in the books. And we had to do a double take of it because I started off the show saying episode 72. And then we had to start yeah. over. Thank God it yeah. was only 25 seconds in. All good. I had a blonde moment too. All good. I had a blonde moment too. It's all good. Lot, so. yeah. All good. Uh, so yeah, episode There's 73 in the books. One of those. Yeah. And uh, thank you to all those too that support the show. We appreciate mm-hmm. 8,000. 8,000. We're on our way. Yeah, we are. On our way to nine. Coming up on our two year mark. Yeah, yeah. Goal. Goal 9,000 for the two year. I think we'll get it. Yeah, check the yeah, calendar. We'll wonder if we, we probably don't. Yeah, we'll get it. What a stupid thing to say, but we probably don't post. We do not. The 17th is a Friday. Cool. Ooh, probably be in the rink. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. More than likely. Probably be some. Yeah, oh, yeah. probably a feature. We might have a feature game that night. <laughs> might have to. Two we year will probably do do we a feature game. Yeah, we are probably having a game that night. We'll so have to. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Typical, yeah. Yeah. No, thanks everyone for tuning in to the seventy third episode of the Owen sixty podcast, and we will chat in seven days. Uh-huh.